It's just after 6 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah, what up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. Ah, KT, on a Wednesday night. We're not at Steiner's tonight because we were there last night, of course, special Tuesday night at Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo. But KT, back PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas and uh, the night before Thanksgiving. And I just got to tell you, I mean, right off the bat, first off, thanks to Pat Casal, who is filling in for Steve Sanchez. Pat always gives me a great intro and uh, fellow Jersey guy and just love Pat Casal. And he's a big sports guy as well. Does a great job whenever he fills in for Steve and, of course, his own weekend show, but uh, just love Pacasal. Just good, solid people. Producer Mark Hoke, very thankful for the hoaxer. And a lot of times, you know, you may be listening and go, gosh, KT, man, give the guy a break, man. You're always, you know, getting on the hoaxer. But we have fun with each other as far as, you know, a little ribbon here and there. But I do appreciate him, his professionalism as far as uh, the way he runs the board and uh, takes care of business, gets all the phone calls up there, lets me know when I'm screwing up big time. Uh, sometimes he'll uh, he'll make a mistake every now and then, you know, chewing me out. Get to break. Gosh, dang it, Thompson. Get to break. Hoekster, I took the break. I took the break four minutes early. I know I threw a curveball at you, but that was last night. And uh, other than that, the guy's pretty much flawless, and he does a great job on his own show. Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., the best in professional wrestling. Like, I haven't stayed up on professional wrestling over the years. I do enjoy it. And, of course, Mark took me over to uh, Samstown. We went over there for a live AEW event and uh, something I'd get into if I had more time. But is there any time? I mean, I'm thankful for the time that I have. But realistically, with all the sports going on this time of year, it is nearly impossible to do a sports talk show and try and follow NBA, college basketball, NHL, and then, of course, you know, NFL college football winding down i mean it's just non-stop and there's other sports i enjoy big time i enjoy boxing i enjoy ufc i enjoy golf uh you know tennis when you get to the majors enjoy that as well not as big on the motor car sports look i nothing against it i'm just not that guy that spent time with dad in the garage and learned about nascar and you know the f1 and the uh, the Indy car races, my buddy Jay Query, of course, covers the uh, Indy 500 on the final turn now and has been doing that for years and years. So these guys are, you know, guys that grew up with that. And look, I have so much respect for anybody that follows any sport, doesn't matter what it is and knows it inside out or really, you know, anything as far as in life, you know, whatever your trade may be. You know, I just appreciate people. I used to uh, hang out with some of my buddies in their garages and stuff and just watch these guys, you know, just change or change their own oil and do this and do that. And I go, man, I wish I knew how to do that stuff. I don't. But at the end of the day, that wasn't me. I was kind of like for you old school folks that remember happy days. You know, remember Chuck, right? Chuck was Richie's older brother and Chuck was always with the basketball team and he'd come back and say hi to the family and always have his basketball with him. And he'd be bouncing the ball in the house. And the old man, Howard, of course, uh, Chuck, stop bouncing the ball in the house. Okay, Dad, pick it up. Two seconds later, there he is, bouncing the ball in the house again. I mean, that was kind of my mentality. If it was a ball, that was it. Football, baseball, basketball, soccer ball, it didn't matter. I was always out 
And that was me. So when dad was changing the oil in the car and I was supposed to be paying attention, I wasn't. I'm handing him a pliers when he's asking me for a three-ace uh, ratchet thing, you know, whatever. I'm just like, okay, dad, whatever. Why? Because he left the little door that uh, came out to the garage. He left that cracked. So I'm able to listen to the game that he left on upstairs and I had to be real quiet so I can listen to the play-by-play, what was going on. And I'm not paying attention to what the old man's asking me. You know, ADD? Yeah, probably. But uh, at the end of the day, I am thankful for so much. And uh, for you listeners that have put up with me for uh, better than 20 years here in the Vegas Valley and throughout uh, the country. And there are a lot of you uh, overseas as well. And it's interesting how you get those numbers when you start using, you know, different platforms. And all of a sudden you see different countries where people are listening to your show and it kind of blows you away going like, God, man, do they even understand what I'm talking about? I mean, people in this country don't even understand what I'm talking about. But at the end of the day, as we're on Thanksgiving Eve, I was just kind of reflecting. And I got a great family, an incredible wife, Christina, that puts up with me and, uh, you know, four beautiful daughters, just uh, very, very blessed, five sisters and a brother, love them all, and just great friends, great, uh, great guests, phenomenal guests, like tonight, Mark Lawrence, Andy Isco, those guys, nine years plus on SportsX Radio, and Arthur DeCesar, Love this guy. This guy's supervisor over there, Westgate Superbook. He'll close up the show tonight. But so many outstanding guests throughout the years and uh, just great relationships. And then outstanding sponsors, Brian Panish, PSBR Law Studios, of course, is where I'm at. And PSBR Law, the best in personal injury. Four years now here in the Vegas Valley. This is their fourth year, over $4.5 billion in verdicts and settlements. The last five years for their clients. Strength by your side, the relentless pursuit of justice is PSBR Law. 702 area code you got down for the best in personal injury. If you need them in the future, jot the number down. 830-9353-830-9353-830-9353. But all the sponsors, outstanding. Always enjoy myself at Steiner's Pub. And of course, was there last night's special Tuesday night show because, of course, this is the busiest travel day of the year. And uh, so if you're in traffic, just be careful. And uh, you're going to get where you're going, but just take your time because sometimes it gets frustrating. And I know, man, there's just something about uh, being in that traffic mode. And sometimes you kind of forget who you are and you become a different person. And that road rage sometimes can come into play. So just kind of mellow out and just realize, you know what? It's traffic. going to be stuck in it. And if I'm out there this weekend, probably going to be stuck in it. Sometimes you're better off just taking Uber, Lyft. Uh, the cab system, whatever, let somebody else drive so you don't have to stress and you can kind of just kick it. All right, going to get rolling. Got uh, Mark Lawrence coming up at 625. And then in hour number two right there at the top, Andy Isco will join me, logical approach, of course. And then we'll close the show with Arthur DeCesar. But we'll start the show off just like this. Now, the starting five, number one. All right, KT going to go right to it, uh, Vegas Golden Knights. I'm going to put them right up there. They've got a game that they're going to start up in about 17 minutes. It's going to be a good one because they're playing the Dallas Stars, and the Stars are one of the better teams in the Western Conference. I have a feeling that down the line, later on in the season, we get postseason bound, these two teams are going to be two of the teams that are going to meet up to try and get to the Stanley Cup Finals. I think VGK has got a chance to get back into it, but they're starting to see that it's not just all peaches and cream like it was out of the gate. On that road trip, they have been struggling mightily. Two games they've been shut out. We'll see what happens tonight in Big D. I think it's a big game for Vegas psychologically. Remember, they'll have that one home game coming up against Arizona and then three more road games, so a total eight out of nine on the road. But VGK needs to get refocused. I think they'll do just that. We'll pay attention to that game tonight. Vegas Golden Knights, Dallas Stars in Big D. 
number two. All right, speaking of Big D, how about the Big D-backs? They were busy today. Eugenio Suarez, pretty consistent third baseman over the years. In fact, the last seven years, he's had 21 home runs or better. Last year, had 22 homers, 96 RBIs, only hit 232, but pretty consistent. And uh, the only bad thing with Suarez, man, he's never seen a pitch he didn't want to swing at. 214 strikeouts last year, led the major leagues, but a good third baseman. Uh, can really add to that lineup. Evan Longoria, got to give the old man credit. Now, he's a free agent, 38 years old, but he filled in and got a lot of key hits for the D-backs, but uh, he will not be back with Arizona. Suarez is their new third baseman. That was a big move made today when they made the trade with Seattle. Mariners get back right-handed pitcher Carlos Varga and also catcher Sebi Zavala, and uh, we will see how that all shakes out for Arizona. But at the end of the day, looks like the D-backs could have the third baseman they need, the guy at the hot corner that's going to put a little more pop in that lineup. A couple other moves uh, real quick. Paul DeYoung uh, going to go to Chicago Bills. White Sox there on the south side. And if you missed it, the St. Louis Cardinals, Rishi's Cards, uh, they signed Kyle Gibson to a one-year deal. Number three. All right, Maui Classic. I love it. I love college basketball this time of year, and I'm really not playing any games. Normally, around this time, this is when I start getting involved, as they say, as far as putting a few pennies down. But you really do have to scout out. Now, there's some people that have been successful, and you're going to go, and you're going to make some money here, make some money there. But you're going to take your lumps, too. I don't care who you are. You're not going to be able to predict that Kansas is going to you know, get whipped like they did last night, right? I mean, that's a good, solid Kansas team that started the week as number one. They got whipped pretty good by Marquette, losing by double digits, and really were never in the game in the second half. Give Marquette and Chaka Smith a lot of credit. Kansas turned around today and beat Tennessee. So Rick Barnes' team dropping a couple in a row. 69-60 the final as Kansas takes care of business. But the final was Purdue and Marquette. 78-75 is the way that it ended up. And if you had Purdue and you laid three, you're kind of bummed because you were never really looking like you were going to lose this bet. I mean, double-digit lead at halftime. Now, give Marquette credit. They made a good, solid effort to come back. And Kolick is a kid that I really love watching play. He's solid. Cam Jones had 17. He's good as well. Kolick actually finished with 22, six assists, seven rebounds. But Zach Eady, the big guy, I like that he came back because he's not ready for the NBA as of yet. He needs another year of polishing. And, of course, getting beat in the first round of the NCAA tournament by FDU out of New Jersey, the one seed Purdue, they wanted to refocus, so they've got players, and Braden Smith is solid. We know he's a good, solid player. He's part of that supporting cast. We'll see if he's able to help out as far as to get Purdue to where they want to be. Remember Virginia, first number one to lose to a 16. What they do the following year, Tony Bennett's team won the whole enchilada. We'll see if Matt Painter's team can follow suit. But the uh, spread, minus three, game ends up 78-75, but Purdue does win the Maui Classic. A couple other games going. Uh, Syracuse and Chaminade, of course, the Silver Swords Division Two. Syracuse, not a real good team. Coach Autry's got his work cut out. And Gonzaga and UCLA, that's going to be the late game. I'm going to pay attention to that game coming up at around 9 o'clock Pacific time. That'll be interesting. I think UCLA plus the points is the way to go because I think the Bruins can win the game with their with their height there. We'll see what the Zags do in that game. Right now, Gonzaga minus 4.5 in that one. Number 4. All right, let's go uh, right to it. I don't know if, uh, if I, I really meant to get this in yesterday, but I forgot. I mean, I talked with Cam Rising over at the Pac-12 Media Days over there at Resorts World, and I was on Pac-12 Network, 
And that was a question I asked him. I said, Cam, did you really got, did you guys really think you were going to come back and beat USC in the Pac-12 championship game at Allegiant Stadium last year? I mean, you're down two scores, and until Williams gets hurt, I mean, did you guys really think? And, of course, Cam Rising right away shuts me up and goes, are you kidding me? We, we had it. We were already, you know, focused, and we knew what we were going to do, and we knew that we were going to come back. Now, Brad Powers and I really thought that Cam Rising would be part of this Utah team for Coach Witt. And we also thought Brant Keithy, who is a starting tight end and a very good one. We know that Kincaid, Dalton Kincaid, is now a member of the Buffalo Bills. But they had two outstanding tight ends. But Keithy got hurt in Game 4 last year never came back. Both those guys, Rising and Keithy, were supposed to be a big part of this Utah team this year. Neither game ever got on the, neither guy ever got on the field. But Cam Rising says, I will be back next year getting that medical red shirt so he will be back and try and show the NFL that he still has potential to play at the next level. We're just hoping that he's going to be able to play at a high level next year and of course Utah transitioning over to the Big 12 and uh, they will be playing BYU it'll be interesting but the uh, Pac-12 of course no more. All we got left is Wazoo and Oregon State and we'll see how whatever happens shakes out but good to see Cam Rising looking forward to getting back on the field for Coach Witt. Number five. And number five, well, I uh, couldn't come up with a number five outside of uh, KT's a pretty happy camper that UNLV is at home at Allegiant Stadium on Saturday against San Jose State. And again, talking uh, last night with uh, the young man Jackson Woodard, middle linebacker, I mean, guy with over 90 tackles coming over from Arkansas with Coach Barry Odom. I'm fired up. I mean, this is a big-time game right here in our backyard. So I want to get it out there. This is going to be my last of the of the uh, starting five. I wanted to save it. San Jose State at UNLV, the game at high noon on Saturday. 702 area code you got down. Get your freaking tickets, please. Support this team. They have done an incredible job. Nobody, I mean nobody, outside of maybe UNLV themselves, thought that this team was ever going to be 9-2 and two going into the final game. And San Jose State, the way they started out in conference play, nobody thought that this team would have a chance to win the Mountain West. And they do. If they beat UNLV, the Rebs are going to have to go there to San Jose in the Mountain West Championship game. So the Rebs are hoping to eliminate San Jose State by beating them Saturday and getting the winner of Boise State and Air Force, which is a Friday game. So we'll see how it all shakes out. But 739-FANS is the number, 739-FANS. That's 739-3267. Get your tickets, please. Get out there, Allegiant Stadium. Make it a great weekend of football right here in Vegas with UNLV hosting San Jose State on Saturday high noon and the Raiders hosting the Chiefs at 1 o'clock on Sunday. I think it's going to be a big-time weekend on the gridiron for the city of Las Vegas. All right, and that finishes up the uh, starting five. We will get with Mark Lawrence in just a little bit. Uh, do not forget the Mark Hoke Show, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., the best in professional wrestling coming up. My producer on Sunday morning with David Difference. Uh, real quick to the scores, Nuggets lead the Magic, 228 to go fourth quarter, 115-114. Good one going there, defending champion Nuggets, minus 3.5 in that one. Hornets lead the Wiz, 115-112, just 20 seconds left in Charlotte. Keeping an eye there, also a close one after three. Hawks lead the Nets in Atlanta, 100-95. to Pacers, 101. Raptors, 100. Fourth quarter just starting from Indiana. So all close games outside of this one. Celtics, 94-79. They're ripping the Bucks after three in Beantown. They were laying six. They're up 15 big ones on Giannis and the guys. We'll keep an eye on that score as well. It is the NBA. Things can change in a hurry. But Miami, they've been red hot. And they are cruising right now over the Cavs in Cleveland, 97-79. That has 16 seconds left third quarter. At the half, New Orleans, 
Boy, Pelicans putting it to the Kings. Kings are struggling of late. 64-50, to 50, Nolans up by 14 big ones. Thunder rolling over the Bulls in OKC. 62-45, 9.42 to go, third quarter just underway. Clippers, 54-48, they lead at the half in San Antonio over Wemby. And uh, the guys, Coach Pop's got to wake those spurs up. Grizz, 46-45, very low-scoring game in H-Town, leading the Rockets by a point. And 57-49, the T-Wolves lead the Sixers. And that is a halftime score from Minnesota. T-Wolves playing great ball. And uh, Hoekster's going to have to wake up his Sixers at intermission. Coming up, Warriors and Suns. Suns minus 2.5, 233.5. Chris Paul and uh, Aiton going back to Phoenix to take on their old team. Jazz and Blazers from Portland. Jazz of Utah minus 2.5, 228 your total. And the Lakers off a route last night looking to get another one. Taking on Luka and the guys as the Mavs come into L.A. It is Dallas minus 2.5. Total 242. Tons of college basketball. I'm not going to get into it now. I'll get in some scores throughout the night, uh, but do want to check on the NHL. Got a bunch of games going on the ice tonight on a Wednesday. It is Buffalo 3-2, 5.30 to go third period, leading at Washington. Detroit shutting out Jersey, 2.35 to go third period. Chris wins. Red Wings going to beat the Devils. They lead it 4 nothing, and uh, the game nearly over. Carolina 5-3 lead, 13.30 to go third period at home against Edmonton. How about Columbus routing the Blackhawks 7-2? Alex B. Smith not a happy camper on that one, uh, unless he bet on the Blue Jackets. It is 7-2 with 3.50 to go third period from Columbus. 3-1 to Boston on the road leading Florida, 7.45 to go third period. 2-2 Winnipeg and Tampa, that's third period action. Rangers 1-0 lead only 8.50 left in the third period there in Pittsburgh. Rangers have outshot Pittsburgh 2-1, to but only a one nothing lead on the road. Islanders a 2-1 lead after 2 over the Flyers at home on the island. St. Louis an early lead in Arizona midway through the first period, one nothing, and no score. Just getting underway, Calgary and Nashville. And then Vegas and Dallas, that has the Stars minus 135, total of 6. Montreal's at Anaheim. It is the Ducks at home, minus 126.5. Your total, San Jose and Seattle. Seattle at home, the Kraken minus 300. Six your total and Vancouver, Colorado. It is the Lanch minus 165, six and a half your total. Take a break, come back with Mark Lawrence, keep things rolling, lots of college football, then we'll get into the NFL as well with Mr. Playbook Sports himself. We are live from Vegas, 101.5 FMK Dawn. We stream live on that Odyssey app. Download it now, A U D A C Y, live from Vegas. We'll be right back. Yeah, you may have all you want. Ah, that is good stuff. Little Van Halen coming back, KT, on a Wednesday night, not at Steiner's Pub. PSBR Law Studio special Tuesday show at Steiner's Pub last night, and all three Steiner's Pub places are jumping tonight. It is their busiest day of the year, so if you can squeeze in there and enjoy uh, some ambiance, the sports will be rolling, great music, great food, the lamb chop appetizer, second to none, trust me on that, uh, full menu, incredible, got to be 21 and older, uh, but if you've got friends coming into town, no better place to take them and show off a little bit of Vegas, it is a true Nevada style pub, all three locations, 1759. North Buffalo, 8168 Las Vegas Boulevard South, and 8410 West Cheyenne. That's the original now in their 25th year. But right now, we turn our attention to Mr. Mark Lawrence. He is finishing up his ninth year as a guest on SportsX Radio on Wednesday nights. 
Mr. Mark Lawrence, it is great to have you. And I was just, you know, telling people in the audience how thankful I am for, you know, a lot of the guests that have been on the show throughout the years. And, of course, you and Andy Isco, long time, I mean, consecutive. You guys are going for that, you know, the Cal Ripken streak right now and uh, continuing uh, those Wednesday nights. Andy, of course, Thursday nights have shifted to Wednesdays for now. But uh, great stuff, Mark. And really appreciate you throughout the years, all the hard work that you do. And you do an incredible job at Playbook Sports, and you've been doing that uh, for your uh, people that you send those plays out to. And I know you're off to a great start as far as your college football best bets. How about 23-13? Uh, and 13? Uh, Pretty impressive, Mr. Lawrence, plus $3,270 for a $100 better. I'll take that all day and then some. And coming off one of the best bowl seasons ever of any handicapper that I know last year, you continue to excel on college football. Pretty good stuff, Mr. Lawrence. I appreciate that, Kenny. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours as well. And uh, it's really a pleasure to be with you on the show. I look forward to it every Wednesday. And uh, looking forward to much of the same coming this college football bowl season as well. There you go. All right, so good stuff. Let's uh, let's jump into the college card. And, of course, we've got the one game, the Egg Bowl. Wanted to get your take. I didn't do anything with this game. Mississippi on the road to Starkville, 10.5-point favorites. Uh, Jackson Dart banged up, but they've got uh, Sanders, too, who's a pretty good quarterback, waiting his turn. 54.5 your total from Starkville. Mark Lawrence, did you touch this one at all? No, I'm going to let this one go, Kenny. Uh, you know, I'd normally make a case for a rivalry dog, especially a home dog in a situation like this, but uh, I don't like what's going on with Mississippi State firing the coach and making that change and everything like that. Mississippi coming off a loss like they are here. Uh, I'm going to let the game go. I'd probably lay the points if I had to, but I don't like laying points in rivalry games. There you go. Now, meanwhile, Miami of Florida, they disappointed me last week, and Oh, boy, it was back and forth, and I thought they were going to get Louisville and uh, cost me a little bit of coin. They made me coin the uh, week before uh, when they were able to hang with Florida State. Now Miami of Florida is minus 10 up at Chestnut Hill against Boston College, early game on Friday. What about it? Well, I think this is a nice spot here for Boston College in the football game. Uh, you know, Miami is a kind of a team in my backyard that makes me pull my hair out because you don't know what you're getting with this football program here. Just when it looks like they're ready to make a move, they don't. And when it looks like they're ready to fade, they come and start playing football. I think it's sort of what I would call a Mario Cristobal thing. And with it, it makes it a little bit discouraging handicapping them. But I do know that Boston College is going to come and play in this football game. It's a football team that really excels in the role of an underdog. And until they get the situation ironed out here in Miami, i got to play the points with the Eagles. All right, so I got to go to the Iowa Nebraska game from Lincoln only because the total, and we laughed on the total uh, a couple weeks ago when it was Rutgers and Iowa and uh, from Iowa City, and the total was 27.5 is what it closed at. And this one is 25.5. And, and I'm just like, I get it. I know uh, how anemic uh, Iowa's offense is and Nebraska's has been, but Nebraska's put up, you know, double digits in points. And I look and I'm like, okay. I'm not even going to watch the game. I'm just playing the over 25 and a half and just hoping some stupid stuff happens, some special team, some defensive score, something. I, I just can't resist. I know. It's crazy. It might be throwing money away. What about this game, Mark Lawrence, with Iowa? They're going to represent the West against whoever it's going to be, uh, Michigan or Ohio State, as far as the Big Ten championship game. But uh, what about Nebraska and Iowa? Am I on the uh, the right path, or am I on the wrong path? Because I do have a friend uh, that back in the day said, look, I have an old buddy that he told me, and this was NFL, but he said, 
His words of wisdom to me were always bet the under on the lowest total and always bet the over on the highest total, he says, and you'll come out ahead. I don't know because I've never really followed that week in, week out, how that's actually panned out. And maybe we can check into the database over the years sometime when you have some time. But talk to me a little bit about Iowa at Nebraska. Nebraska minus two and a half, 25 and a half, your total. Nebraska is one of these teams, Kenny, here. We made a, a list in our newsletter this week, uh, and we call the uh, now-or-never teams. These are teams that uh, have five wins in the season. This is their final game of the season. They need a win here to become bowl eligible with a sixth victory, and Nebraska checks that box. You've got an Iowa football team on the other side of the field here that just clinched the uh, Big Ten West, so they have a ticket in their back pocket to the Big Ten Championship. I think there's a whole lot more incentives in, incentives in this football game to Nebraska and the football team, and I would only play them plus the points here. Now, as far as your total is concerned, uh, for this game to stay under that total, Kenny, uh, nothing can go wrong in the game. I mean, there can't be a pick six. There can't be a, a short field fumble and things like that, and I don't know if that's possible in, in a game uh, with the two teams like this. Uh, I'm with you. I would have to lean over the total here, but uh, my side in the game will be Nebraska. Okay, so you're on Nebraska. I'm playing the over. I may take a shot on Big Red as well, knowing that they need that win to get bowl eligible. And that doesn't always mean it's going to happen. But like you said, Iowa already knows they're representing the West there as far as the Big Ten against the winner of Ohio State and Michigan. Let's stay on Friday. Let's go to Texas Tech, Texas, because Texas, you know, they're – tightrope walking and they made it through without yours for a few games their quarterback and uh, now they're at home to close things out and get to that big 12 championship game with only the one loss that one loss to Oklahoma and the waning seconds there of that Red River rivalry game Texas minus 14 against Texas Tech that's a lot of points to give the texters I'm not saying that Texas can't cover it but at the end of the day two touchdowns last game of the regular season for Texas Tech I want to take the Red Raiders Mark where are you on this game Texas Tech was a team, Kenny, at the beginning of the year that was a really rather highly touted, and uh, they started out uh, in a one-and-three uh, stumble, if you will, but they've gone real well since then. In fact, they just clinched bowl eligibility, and they feel really good about themselves. Now, this is the type of team, I feel, that Texas would not want to have to play at this stage of the football season because it is a talented Texas Tech football team. They have their confidence back uh, in the in the sense and a degree like that, and I know there's some good numbers working here for Texas, but – I think Texas Tech is a live dog in this football contest here. I like Joey McGuire as a head coach, especially in the underdog role, to the big brother here. This is little brother taking points on the big brother. Give me the points with little brother here. There you go. I was I was looking that way, so I feel good now. I will pull the trigger then on Texas Tech, and uh, not that Texas won't win the game. They probably will, but at the end of the day, I agree. It's a lot of points to give a Texas Tech team that we remember back in week two at home in Lubbock. I mean, they had Oregon on the ropes. They were leading Oregon by six points uh, with under two minutes to go in regulation. Oregon scores, gets the one-point lead, and then gets a pick six. So, like I said before on the show, not many people talk about it because Oregon not only ended up winning the game, but they covered the game 38-30, but it was one of those fluky pick sixes, and uh, that's what gave them the cover, and I think that's why there's not as much focus on that game. And speaking of Oregon, they are at home at Autzen Stadium. They're minus 13-and-a-half, so it stayed under two touchdowns, 62-and-a-half. And Oregon State... 
boy, right there, didn't play their A game against Washington. The rain was was tough, but both those teams are used to inclement weather up in the great northwest, the Huskies and the Beavs. And uh, unfortunately for Oregon State, they come up on the short end of a 22-20 game. So this game doesn't mean anything as far as the Pac-12 outside of they could ruin it for their rival, the Oregon Ducks, at Autzen Stadium. And throughout the years, Mark, even when Oregon State's had a miserable squad, they have somehow, some way, when they played at Autzen Stadium, surprised Oregon with the types of effort that they put forward because they're not intimidated like a lot of other schools from the Pac-12 that go there and get their doors blown off like USC. Talk to me about Oregon State. Oregon, 13 and a half, a lot of points to lay. I want to lay it just because I feel Bo Nix and Oregon are going one way, and I feel like Oregon State is struggling. But, again, that is a lot of points. Well, Oregon State very nearly took Washington out last week, Kenny. Uh, that was a football game that uh, was really up for grabs all the way right down to the end of the football contest. They indeed actually out-yarded Washington, held them to 272 yards in the contest. And, in fact, their last three football games, they've held each of the last three opponents to less than 300 yards in the football game as well. Uh, I'm going to play in this football contest, lean to Oregon State here. I know there's a big revenge factor here for Oregon in this football game here. Uh, Last year, if you remember, when they played this football game, uh, Oregon did, uh, the the line was pick them. And so now now you've got a big, big difference here with the team I think has improved this year, Oregon State, over what they were last year. They were picking at home, and they beat Oregon. Now they're taking a big number here at Oregon. I'll take the points with Oregon State. All right, the biggest game of the day. Well, there's several big ones, but, of course, this one near and dear to your heart. Why? Because you're an Ohio kid. Yeah, you've transitioned down to get that blood thinning out over there in South Beach. But at the end of the day, your roots are there with the Cleveland Browns and the Ohio State Buckeyes. And Michigan at the big house, they were able to avoid a major stumble there at Maryland. It got a little dicey for them. They got that double-digit lead, but the Terps came back and made it a one-score game, and that's the way that it ended. So an easy cover for Maryland, but Michigan at home now, still uh, without Jim Harbaugh for this one on the sidelines. Now, he is there in practice throughout the week and then not going to be able to be on the sidelines as far as the game as he finishes the third of three-game suspension handed down from the Big Ten. Michigan is minus three-and-a-half, and a lot of people that I'm talking to saying, KT, I think Ohio State can win the game, but three and a half, I can't pass that up. If it was three, mm, it doesn't look as enticing. But three and a half, that's pretty big to give Ohio State. Now, quarterback-wise, a lot of people saying, look, McCord's okay. He's got the greatest receiving core. But McCarthy's a better quarterback, and he's a seasoned veteran there for the Wolverines. They're at home. They're minus three and a half. Total's 46. Mark Lawrence, talk to me, because I know you love the Buckeyes, but at the end of the day, I know you're going to call them the way that you think you're going to make money on them, and that means even if you had to go against the Buckeyes, where are you on the big game from the big house? Well, the last time Ohio State dropped three games in a row to Michigan, Kenny, was back in 1997 when they took three-and-a-half points at the big house against Michigan, and they lost the football game 20-14. to 14. So it hasn't been that way since. In fact, it's been pretty much Ohio State dominating the series up until the last two losses this year. The Buckeyes are going to come in here on a 10-0 point spread run, taking points in Big Ten conference play. They're as good a conference dog as there is in the country. And ironically, when these two teams play, they're going to both be 11-0. and This is only the third time you're going to get a season-ending matchup of two 11-0 football teams playing one another. The other two 
were also Michigan and Ohio State. So we've got a lot of familiarity here and a fierce, fierce rivalry in a football game like this. I'm going to play Ohio State in the contest here, one, to get the revenge, and two, I don't like the ugliness of the Jim Harbaugh situation that's uh, that's developing in the Michigan sidelines here. Look at J.J. McCarthy and what he's done since Jim Harbaugh has not been there. His Heisman sock has completely fallen out and bottomed out. He's He's gone from really good to really bad, and that's all without Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines here. Give me the points with the Buckeyes here. I think they get revenge for those last two years. All right. Big number there for uh, Georgia, and I swear I'm not going against the Bulldogs anymore. But I'm interested to see what you say as far as Georgia Tech, because it is a rivalry, and it's a non-conference rivalry against the Texters, and the Texters are at home. So Georgia Tech catching 24, total of 60. Do the Bulldogs cover another one, or do they kind of take the pedal off the metal there? Uh, Because, you know, they're going to be looking forward to Alabama and the SEC title game. They'll be happy just to beat Georgia Tech. Well, George is another one of these teams, Kenny, that have a championship game bowl or championship game pass in their back pocket here. Their next game is going to be for the SEC championship. And I don't like backing teams like that because their focus is probably more to that game than it is to this, especially with this being a non-conference affair for Georgia. And you go back and you look the last seven times, Georgia has laid 20 or more points. They've lost the money seven straight times in a row. I think this is a season maker for Georgia Tech. Not that we're calling the upset here, but they're going to come with everything they've got. And I don't know if Georgia's coming with everything they've got. I have to play the Ramblin' Wreck in this game. That is great. All right, Duck, you know, another one, and then we'll take a break, come back, hit maybe one or two more college, and then fly through the NFL. But Florida State, Florida. I jumped on two games money line. I jumped on Florida this week against Florida State, and I know Travis is out quarterback-wise, and, you know, Florida's a little bit banged up. But the game's at the Swamp. Uh, The line, Florida State, 6.5, total 49. I think Florida State, better athletes right now, maybe better speed, uh, a couple outstanding receivers. But at the end of the day, I just feel like Florida got some confidence, even though they're with a backup quarterback now as well. Uh, the way they closed out against Missouri, they lost the game 33-31, but that's in Columbia uh, against Mizzou, and that's a good Mizzou team. I think Florida is going to win this game. Where are you on Florida State, minus 6.5 in the swamp to try and close out a perfect regular season and maybe change the minds of these people uh, there on the committee that dropped them out of the top five and replaced them with Washington, or the top four, I should say, and dropped them to fifth? Well, you could see that coming, Kenny. Uh, it was Washington, I felt, was disrespected in sitting in that number five slot. They were the only team in the country that beat three ranked teams this year, yet they weren't being invited into the college football playoff, which I think would have been ludicrous. And then when that injury happened, the quarterback injury to Florida State, it opened the door for Washington. Now, yes, Florida State will be peeved about that, but Florida will also come to play this game because they, too, have five wins and need this for a sixth game to become bowl eligible. And bottom line here is I don't think Florida State's the same football team uh, without their quarterback. I I think it's a huge, huge uh, uh, risk on their part in this football game. I think Florida in the swamp becomes a live home dog. All right, we'll see if the uh, four-year backup Tate Rodemaker can get it done for the Knolls. They are in the swamp, and they are favored 6.5, total 49 against Florida. Take a break, come back with Mark Lawrence, hit a couple more college games, hit three or four top NFL games. We are live from Vegas, PSBR Law Studios, 101.5 FM KDOM. We stream live on that Odyssey app. If you miss any part of the show, just go to the Rewind feature on that free Odyssey app. It is a worldwide app, and also you can follow at Ken Thompson 87 at SportsX Radio. And the archives will be pinned at both of those X handles, formerly known as Twitter. We are live from Vegas. Mark Hoke takes us to break. We'll be right back. 
Coming back on a Wednesday. Wednesday, it is Thanksgiving Eve. KT Live, PSPR Law Studios, 101.5 FM. Don't streaming live on that Odyssey app with Mr. Mark Lawrence. Follow him on Twitter, now, of course, known as X, at Mark Lawrence. Mark spelled with a C. Playbook Sports is the website. All his plays. And, again, uh, ridiculous run right now. College football for Mark Lawrence. And if you're a $100 player, you are up big time, $3,270. That is uh, going to get it done big time. So, Mark, real quick, let's duck in a couple more college, and then we'll fly through the NFL for some big games. Uh, but we've got a big one right here in our backyard at Legion Stadium, UNLV. It's under a field goal, so San Jose State getting some money. Coach Brennan doing a great job with the Spartans. They've won five in a row. UNLV has won eight of nine. They are nine and two going to have a good crowd. I'm feeling good about it. I'm pumping it. I'm fired up. I talked to Jackson Woodard, the middle linebacker of the Rebs last night, and uh, he's fired up, came over uh, along with Coach Odom from Arkansas. And I think the Rebs are going to win the game. I know it's going to be tough because Cordero is one heck of a quarterback for San Jose State. But two games last week, I played uh, one pro and one college that were two and a half point lines like this one. And I played them both money line and they both won by one point, the Broncos and Texas Tech. So that's probably where I'll go, UNLV. I think if a game's under three, a lot of times I'll just play at money line. I just want them to win at the end of the day, but I have so much respect for San Jose State, and I love Cordero. He's one of my favorite players in college football. Where are you on this big game from Allegiant Stadium, Mark? Well, this is a matchup, Kenny, of two of the hottest teams, obviously, in the conference, and uh, a heck of a matchup. It looks like it has championship game material written all over it. That's how well these two football teams have played coming into the contest here. I think this is one of those games that you can make cases for both sides because they played that way so far this year. Barry Odom has done a great job with the Rebels. Uh, You can't refute anything that he's done. Uh, 9-1 to the spread this year. That's about as good as any FBS team for the Rebels here. And the San Jose State football team didn't get a lot of respect early, but uh, boy, oh boy, they're playing some really good football right now. I think this game is come, ever comes down to whoever scores last in the contest. We called it UNLV by one in our newsletter here, which means we'd probably grab the points with San Jose, but I think UNLV finds a way to win this football game. There you go. I'll take it. I'll take my money line, and that's the way I'm going to play that after that analogy there. Real quick, two more. Uh, Alabama and Auburn, the Iron Bowl, Auburn getting Pasted pretty good by Jerry Kill in New Mexico State. In fact, I had Andy Isco do a little research there. If you played the Land of Enchantment, Moneyline $100 parlay on New Mexico to beat Fresno State is 25-point dogs, and New Mexico State to beat Auburn is 25-point dogs. You uh, won $16,400 on that $100 Moneyline parlay on the uh, Land of Enchantment uh, Moneyline parlay. What about this game with Auburn coming off that loss? People say, hey, they're looking ahead. I'm like, you know what? At the end of the day, Auburn's trying to win games to get bowl eligible, and Alabama's not the team that they want to have to do it against. Alabama minus 14, 48 and a half from Auburn. It's the Iron Bowl. It's hard for me to go against Alabama the way they're playing, Mark, but it is a rivalry game, and Auburn sometimes, even when they're having a less-than season, have stepped up to cover and sometimes even upset the tide. Yeah, Auburn uh, doesn't look at Alabama as being the bear of the conference here. They look at them as being their primary rival. That's why you find them going toe-to-toe with them almost each and every year. In fact, they pulled off upsets uh, in some of the wildest cases that you would never have imagined. I don't like Alabama, again, having a 
ticket into the SEC championship game in their back pocket. That game with Georgia is already in the books waiting to happen next week. Now you've got Auburn red-faced, embarrassed off their last football game here. They were tarred and feathered in their last football game. And I think that wakes up a rival in a big-time way here, Kenny, here. I've got to grab the point with Auburn here. This is still Hugh Freeze, who's really, really good as an underdog after being embarrassed as a 25-point favorite here. Give me the point with Auburn. Oh, man, tarred and feathered, man. Just thinking about that, back to Revolutionary War days and stuff, that was not uh, something that I – it was just weird, man, just uh, that type of punishment. But uh, anyway, got three minutes, and I want to get to real quick three games, at least in the NFL. Give me your favorite game on Thanksgiving for the listeners. Got Packers, Lions, Commanders, Cowboys, 49ers, Seahawks. What do you like, Mark? Well, you've got uh, the two stand- standbys there, Detroit and Dallas, both at home, both laying big numbers as they usually do on Thanksgiving Day. Detroit is warranted. I don't think Dallas is. Dallas is just 1-11 to the spread the last 12 years on Thanksgiving Day games. But I'm going to look at Seattle and take the points with them against San Francisco here. Pete Carroll's been a really, really good home dog here. And if Seattle wins this football game, Kenny, they will take over first place in their division here. I think Seattle's a live home dog in that football game. There you go. All right, and then we've got the uh, the Black Friday game, Dolphins and the Jets. Dolphins minus nine. Raiders played them tougher than I thought they were going to, and I'm impressed. What about the Raiders at home against Kansas City? They're getting a boatload of points. It's up to nine now at the Superbook, 43 the total. I think the Raiders cover, and I think they have a chance to win that game, Mark. I'm just feeling like they're at least focused, and they know the season's on the line because they're five and six, going to go into the bye week. They lose this game. I think their season's over as far as any postseason potential. You're talking about the Raiders or the Miami game? Which one? No, the Raiders. The Raiders. Raiders and KC. Raiders at home, plus the nine. I'm sorry. Uh, You know, I'm a little bit concerned about Kansas City right now, Kenny, to be honest with you. They're not scoring points in the second half, and I think the loss of Eric Bieniemy is starting to show with this football team here. Uh, They're also – they've never been much of a football team that puts you away and puts you to sleep early anyway because they've always hung around, win games, and don't cover here. I agree with you. I think the Raiders are a live play in this football game. I don't think they win the game, but I think they cash the ticket. And last one I want to get, Jags and Texans. It's a big one because the Texans have actually owned this series, and they beat them the first time this year. A win in Houston, they'd sweep them, and they'd be right there with the lead as far as the tiebreaker goes and be tied with Jacksonville. Sunshine and the guys minus one and a half in Houston, 48 and a half against D'Amico Ryan's team. Boy, you have to love C.J. Stroud, don't you, as a quarterback? This kid looks like the real deal. He looks like the next Joe Burrow is what he looks like to me. And he's 5-1 and one to the spread as a dog in his NFL career with Houston here. And the thing I like about the Texans in this football game, Kenny, is they own the better offense and the better defense in the football contest, yet they're still the dog because it's all about name and reputation. And right now Jacksonville has the reputation. But Houston's a name you're going to remember here by the end of the season here. I think they take Jacksonville out for the second time this football season. Mark Lawrence, let everybody know how they can get those plays for all weekend long and throughout the rest of football season. And, of course, you're hitting the basketball as well. Well, it's all in our newsletter this week, Kenny, a jam-packed 20-page issue. All these games here, just uh, lots and lots of information. You can download that newsletter, our midweek alert, and our total tip sheet all online at playbooksports.com. He is the best. Same bad time, same bad channel. Next Wednesday, Mark, have an incredible Thanksgiving Thursday and an awesome holiday weekend. We will talk to you next week, my man. 
Thank you, Kenny. Same to you and Kristen. Be well. Stay safe. There you go. Hour number one in the books. Come back with the original AI. Andy Isco will open things up. Hour number two will close with AD Arthur DeCesar from the Westgate Superbook. Mark Hokes takes us to the break. And, of course, we are halfway home on SportsX Radio on a Wednesday night. 101.5 FM Dawn. We stream live on that Odyssey app. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Halfway home. KT coming right back on a hump day. And just looking forward to Thanksgiving, baby. We'll talk to you in just a little bit on the other side. Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 7 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shade Boyle and Rabapudi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. All right, KT, hour number two, PSPR Law Studios here in Las Vegas. Panache, Boyle, Ravaputi, the best in personal injury, Southern Cal for a long time. You're number four here in the Vegas Valley, strength by your side. The relentless pursuit of justice is PSPR Law. And check it out at PSPRLaw.com. 702 area code you got down for the best in personal injury. Jot it down for future reference, 830-9353, 830-9353, Thanks to Mark Lawrence, Playbook Sports, hour number one. Get with the original AI, Andy Isco, logical approach in just a sec. Real quick, want to just update and see uh, what we got going on as far as scores. And again, college basketball, I'll see if I can duck some of the uh, main ones in, but I did give you Purdue taking care of business as far as the Maui Classic. And a uh, good one coming up with Gonzaga and UCLA a little bit later. Uh, real quick, Magic did beat the Nuggets by five. It's three and a half point dogs game went over the total. Hornets beat the Wizards by three, but laying three and a half depends when and where you played it. Uh, game staying under the total. Right now, overtime, 139-138, a minute 10 to go in Atlanta. Nets lead it by a point with a minute 10 to go in that extra session. 132-131, a final. Raptors win at Indiana's two-and-a-half-point dogs. That game flies over the 241. Celtics 119-116, so the Bucks came back with a vengeance but fall short. But they did get the money for their backers. The total in the game, 236-and-a-half, and the game hits 235, 119-116. The boys from Beantown get it done all heat no problem didn't have to sweat that one if you had Miami plus the point and a half didn't need it they win by 33 big ones uh 129 to 96 the final there Pelicans lead the Kings it's tightened up now with 928 to go fourth quarter 95 88 Nolans by seven Kings actually went off a one and a half point favorite Thunder now only a five point lead 557 to go at home over the Bulls 97 92 Clips by 16 730 to go in San Antonio 92 76 and 84 70 Rockets now lead the Grizz with 948 to go from H-Town, T-Wolves up big on Hoax Sixers. 105-88, seven minutes to go from Minnesota. And the Wolves playing good solid ball, 10-3 and three out of the gate. Again, Warriors, Suns, Jazz, Blazers, Mavs, Lakers coming up in just a little bit. And let's check in on our Vegas Golden Knights because they are in action tonight and uh, see where we're at as far as on the ice. And Vegas is 0-0 almost through the uh, first half of the first period. 
10.55 to go first period. No score. Vegas at Dallas. Nashville leads Calgary 2-1. to one. Minute 13 to go first period. Arizona now a 3-2 lead. Second period just underway against St. Louis. 3-2 to two the score there. And the Islanders 3-2. They lead Philadelphia. Just a minute 10 to go in regulation. Keep an eye on that as the Flyers will pull the goalie. I'm sure to try and get that equalizer. Montreal at Anaheim. San Jose at Seattle. Vancouver at Colorado. Coming up in a host of college basketball throughout the day. And games coming up. And like I said, a real solid game. Uh, from that Maui Classic with Gonzaga, UCLA, the Zags minus four and a half, one thirty-seven and a half is your total. Syracuse burying Chaminade right now, forty to sixteen, five fourteen to go in the first half. There, uh, remember these games being played in Honolulu, the Maui Classic, of course, because of the tragic fire over there at Maui. A surprise also, uh, Sarah, uh, Stanford leading Arkansas, fifty-seven fifty-five, six and a half point dogs. Very low-scoring game, only thirty-six seconds left in the second half. So if you have Stanford, you just don't want overtime. If you got the points there. UC Irvine and Toledo coming up a little bit later. Anteaters, pretty good squad in Toledo. Likewise, UCI minus two, 150 and a half. And that is a look at some of the scores. We'll keep you updated throughout the night, but welcome in the original AI. No, not Andre Iguodala, not even Alan Iverson, not artificial intelligence. It is Andy Isco. AI, how are you on this eve of Thanksgiving? I know you are somebody that enjoys good food. What about the Isco house back in Long Island in the day? What were some of the favorites and, uh, what, what do you look forward to making sure you have at least some of on Thanksgiving? Because I'm like old school, just give me pumpkin pie and whipped cream, and that's the way I have to. I, mean, I don't care about anything else. I've got to make sure I have at least two fat pieces with the whipped cream just smothered and covering pumpkin pie. That is a tradition for KT. What about the, the original AI? Well, growing up, uh, we had uh, cousins uh, in uh, Pennsylvania, just outside uh, Philadelphia. And every other year, uh, we, one of our families would go down to visit the other, and occasionally we would meet halfway at uh, a restaurant in New Jersey, and almost inevitably we'd either have home-cooked or restaurant-cooked turkey with uh, all the traditional uh, extras and uh, always made sure to save enough room for dessert. For me, it wasn't pumpkin pie, it was apple pie. There you go. And Christy's got a great apple pie, too, so uh, she was making homemade cookies and all types of stuff and this time of year you bring some back from uh, phoenix uh, with you i will and i was going to say this time of year is not the time of year to ever go on a diet it's just it's impossible for me and it's like you know what and you try and sneak in a workout here and there you try and stay you know uh, on on par but it's just something about you know you're married to a lady that can cook and bake and uh it's like forget it the diet it's always got to be part of the new year's resolution no, you know, it's like uh, when, uh, when I'm signing people up for the Circa Millions contest. If they win, they get uh, a blue blazer, and they ask you to put your size down for your blue blazer. And most people just put down what their current size is, and I always tell them, add one size more, because remember, you'll be getting that jacket after about four or five weeks of feasting from Thanksgiving through New Year's. There you go. All right, the logical approach, that's yeah, yeah. the uh, public. It's the best time of the year for eating. Uh, no, there is no question. And uh, you and I, of course, enjoy all that great food. All right, let's jump over to college football. Got to get your take on the uh, Egg Bowl, see if you did anything with it. Mark and I haven't done anything. Mississippi minus 10, 54 and a half, Westgate Superbook. What about the boys from Starkville? They've already made a change as far as their head coach. Uh, they got an interim coach in there right now, but Zach Arnett is gone. Ole Miss and uh, Lane Kiffin thought that uh, they might be able to get to a big-time bowl, but they fell a little bit short in a couple of their big games. 
Well, they're still nine and two, so ten and two, you know, makes for still an outstanding season. So I guess Mississippi State could sort of make up for its disappointing season that cost the coach's job uh, by pulling an upset over um, the, uh, the the Rebels. But I I like this Mississippi team. I've liked them really all year. I just can't lay that many points in a game that for many years was a very low-scoring game as well. So I'll just sit back, uh, probably enjoy it as I'm switching back between that one and the 49er Seahawks game. All right, so Mark and I talked a little bit on that low total with Nebraska and Iowa, 25.5 from Lincoln, but Nebraska does need to get the win there for Matt Rule to be bowl eligible. And we know Harburg, their uh, quarterback, has now been ruled out, but they brought in Chuba uh, Purdy, uh, Brock Purdy's younger brother, and he had a pretty good game. He only threw for 169 and a touchdown and an interception, but he rushed for over 100 yards in his debut as well as a starter. Anthony Grant may miss, but they've got uh, some depth there in the backfield. I like Nebraska now as I look at this game a little bit closer as well but I did play the over the 25 and a half AI did you do anything with this one I played uh, Nebraska uh, I played them last week against Wisconsin about five minutes into the game they're up something like 14 nothing and then didn't score again until they had to tie the game at 17 to force overtime against uh, or at Wisconsin and of course lost by a touchdown in uh, uh, in overtime so that was a game that I felt that they had a good opportunity to win uh, I, I like them again this week uh, getting the points uh, I, what's, what's the line on that one now two and a half Nebraska two and a half yeah, yeah, giving the points, not getting the points. Uh, on the three, uh, but I'm not as, as comfortable with it as I was last week, which I thought was a better situation, because now they've really put the pressure on themselves. There was some pressure on them last week to win, to become bowl eligible. And look, you get out to a 14 nothing lead against a team, even on the road, that doesn't score like Wisconsin. You're supposed to be able to at least hold that lead or extend it a little bit. And they did neither. So uh, I'm a little concerned. However, the, on the, the other side, offsetting it, Iowa is getting set for the uh, Big Ten championship game next year, again, uh, next week against either Ohio State or Michigan. So, yeah, they'd like to win this one. They'd like to stay healthy. But I'm sure they'd like to go as plain vanilla as possible, which basically is what they've been doing all season since they, since they can't score. Maybe throw in a few wrinkles for Michigan or Ohio State to be prepared for. Uh, so I I prefer to go with Nebraska. They they've played. Uh, they've had a lot of tight losses here. Opening up, I think, with that 13-10 loss at uh, uh, at Minnesota, and I could see this being a similarly low-scoring game. But I can't play. I cannot play over simply because Iowa has been so consistent in low-scoring games and playing outstanding, albeit dull, defense and offense. Uh, so the play for me, yeah, not a full play, but a partial play, will be on Nebraska. Okay, so the line is dropping from Norman with Oklahoma, and uh, Brad Power saying he thought that Dylan Gabriel would miss this game for the Sooners. Uh, Jackson Arnold, the freshman, could step in. They've got General Booty there on the depth chart as well. Uh, But it's uh, a line that was 13 when it opened. It's down to 10 now uh, with Oklahoma at home and, uh, you know, a team that, you know, doesn't really have a t- – well, I guess they, they've got something to play for, but they'd need help. They'd need Oklahoma State to lose, of course, because they lost that Bedlam game. Uh, so your take with uh, Oklahoma, they're at home against TCU, and TCU playing hard and trying to get another W to be bowl eligible for Sonny Dykes after the dream season last year. 63-year total from Norman. 
Yeah, and I haven't played it. If I do play it, I have to back TCU. I mean, it'd be uh, it'd be sort of like a, a negative for them to go from playing for the national championship to missing missing out on a bowl the following season. But that's exactly where TCU is. Uh, of course, they've had some tough games this year, but they're not as talented as they were last year. Yet we've seen Oklahoma show some vulnerability at times, and uh, I think Oklahoma wants to win. TCU needs to win, but TCU doesn't need to win to cover the points. Okay, so on Friday as well, Boise State at home against Air Force, and the force has dropped three in a row. A lot of people have that win total, you know, over eight and a half. And uh, Chicago Bill is one of them. He's got three tickets, and he's sweating it out, uh, hoping Air Force can get that win against Boise State. Boise State with a interim coach with Spencer Danielson replacing Avalos. Uh, they're at home in the game, and uh, right now they are laying seven to the force. And Troy Calhoun's wondering what happened outside of his quarterback, Zach Larry, are going down. But they blew a, a nice lead against UNLV last week, ended up losing that game 31-27. So they need some help to get into that Mountain West Championship game. Uh, we'll see what happens. But Boise State minus 7, 46.5 AI. Yeah, at, uh, at plus seven, I've, I'll be on uh, Air Force in this contest. I mean, it all goes back to that uh, inexplicable and shocking loss uh, to Army where they, uh, what was it, 23-3, to something like that, where they have been going along smoothing, you know, sailing along smoothly, and all of a sudden were totally inept in a game that was played not too far from home in Denver, so they had the altitude advantage. And I don't think they really recovered from it until last week when they started to show signs in that first half that, okay, we've had our couple of losses, and uh, uh, now we're going to get back and finish out the season and you know, cash all those over tickets for the betters. Uh, but, look, they ran into a very hot UNLV team that has been able to play with the lead, that's been able to come from behind all year, and uh, they did exactly that. So I have to wonder about Air Force's mindset. However, I think they can have gotten some confidence back from at least their first-half performance last week against a very good uh, UNLV team, and now they have an opportunity, again, to play for something and have a chance to make it into to uh, the uh, the Mountain West Championship game if things fall right. In fact, I think if San Jose uh, beats uh, UNLV, then the winner of this game will be in the uh, championship game. I'm not positive of that, but I, I did hear that in a couple of places. Uh, Boise State has surprised a lot of people. Unfortunately, they surprised their coach by canning him, despite the fact that you know they're going to have a very nice season, even though it'll just be maybe six and uh, seven and five or six and six, um, which basically tells you that they're not the Boise State team that we're accustomed to seeing over the past 15 years. I like the points for the Air Force, although uh, you know I, I sure hope it's a close Close enough game that they don't have to rally from more than 10 points behind. Yeah, so that game will be played on Friday, and here's the deal. If UNLV wins on Saturday, the winner of that game will get to the championship game in the Mountain West. If San Jose State wins, it will be a rematch. UNLV is already in the championship game no matter what, win or lose. So it's just whether or not they'll play at Allegiant Stadium against the winner of Boise State Air Force or whether or not they'll have a rematch with San Jose State and the game would be in San Jose. So that's how that uh, yeah, all wraps and I'm, up. Yeah, I'm, and I'm, I'm looking for the Rebels to win, and uh, I laid the two and a half once it went below three because the way this team has played all year, as he indicated, they've been able to play with the lead. They've been able to play from behind. And they're playing with a high degree of confidence, not cockiness, but confidence. And that's showing a lot of maturity by the way they've been able to play in those games. That's got a lot to do with the veteran leadership on the coaching staff. I agree with you, Andy, and that was uh, really – backup quarterback for a good part of the season. Yeah, and Maeve has stepped up, and you can see he's a starter. He's just a freshman, but he's a local product out of Liberty. Uh, but the good thing with uh, UNLV, with that offense being as 
uh, potent as it has been this season is when they got down double digits against Air Force, even though Air Force is a methodical team and can work the clock, UNLV's defense was stingy enough to where they were able to get several three and outs in the second half and erase that deficit and, more importantly, keep Air Force off the scoreboard totally in the second half, which was just a, another testament to Barry Odom and what he's done there with a well-balanced UNLV team offensively and defensively. So I agree with you. I think UNLV is going to win the and game. And by the way, by the way, I would not be surprised if San Jose wins because they are a very good football team and they do have some pretty good experience over the past half decade. In fact, I think it was in the COVID year when they played like nine games, they won the Mountain West, Cha- Mountain West Conference Championship game. Yes, that's correct. In fact, I thought Coach Brennan was going to be canned, and uh, then he ends up winning uh, that year, and he's done a pretty good job. And he, of course, childhood friends with my good pal Roxy Bernstein, who's been on the show many years here, SportsX Radio. I Ken Thompson, Andy? I would be surprised if both Brennan and Odom are at their current teams two years from now. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, I'm hoping. I'm have, hoping that. Five uh, teams calling. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that Coach Odom uh, stays here, and I'm hoping UNLV can build something big and uh, get him the money that he deserves because what an incredible year, and we'll see if it continues and uh, UNLV can get that Mountain West crown and uh, go to a nice-sized bowl game. Oregon State, Oregon, we'll finish up with this one here in this segment. We'll take a break. I'll throw a couple more college games at you, and we'll hit the NFL hard. Uh, Oregon State, Oregon from Autzen Stadium. Oregon minus 13.5, 62.5. And this is a game, the reason I'm looking at Oregon, even though it's a lot of points, is that Jonathan Smith's team, when they look at their three losses, they realize they could have won all three of those games had they played their A game, but they didn't in any of those games. Now, last week, the weather came into play as well, but Washington was still the better team, even though it ended up just a two-point game. I think Oregon State, the dream crusher, knowing that going into this game, they don't have anything to play for outside of a decent bowl game and to knock off their arch rival, which is a lot, but still not what they really thought going into these last two games, because I really think they thought they were going to beat Washington at home. You're taking this one, Oregon minus 13 and a half with Bo Nix pushing for the Heisman himself, 62 and a half from Austin Stadium and Eugene. It's a game where I would like to play Oregon State because they have had a very decent season. As you point out, they could have won uh, those games that uh, that they lost, but they still played very well, and even when uh, when playing some of the elite teams, as uh, we saw uh, last week. So uh, I'd like to play them, but you know, look, Bo Nix in contention for the Heisman depends upon what happens in this game. I don't believe they include the conference championship games. I'm not positive on that. Uh, I believe that uh, they vote everything, uh, and uh, it may. Maybe they do, because I think they announced the award uh, on Army-Navy night, which is two weeks from from today. But nonetheless, he's in competition with Pennick. Uh, I think uh, uh, Daniels from uh, from LSU is very much in the competition as well. So I think Oregon might be sitting on a big performance. And as I recall, they're playing with revenge for this game. So what a better way to end their season and make uh, Bo Nix maybe number one or number two uh, in the uh, Heisman Trophy race uh, with a nice win over uh, Oregon. So... Oregon State. So, uh, I'd like to take the points because I think there are a lot of points, and I think under normal circumstances, Oregon State would make this a close game. I'm afraid that Oregon has a real good chance of breaking it open in the second half if they're playing with, say, a 10-point lead. I agree with you 100%. All right, uh, we will take a break. By the way, Jaden Daniels, minus 125 at the Westgate Superbook, minus one, or plus 140 is Bo Nixon, plus 650 is uh, Michael Penix Jr. He'll need some help there. Preventative Diagnostic Center, uh, Dr. John Pierce, real quick demographically, if you fall between the ages of 40 and 72, you are very fortunate here in the Vegas Valley. And if you're coming in to visit in Las Vegas, that you can set up 
with the uh, the group that's got the only scanner of its kind in the region that gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease and lung disease. It is the Preventative Diagnostic Center. Jot the number down. They're in year number four here in the Vegas Valley. Again, demographically, you've got to be between the ages of 40 and 72 to use the scanner. The 702 you got down, 534 534-7900. Comfortable scan takes just a few minutes. A few days later, you get a detailed report from a board-certified radiologist. Give a call now. Leave your name and number. They'll get back to you with that free educational consultation. You know the 702 for Vegas, 534-7900-534-7900. Let them know Ken Thompson SportsX Radio sent you. Heart CT scan and calcium score special. Doesn't get much better than this. $600 value. $125 to get your heart checked out, make sure those arteries aren't clogging up, and your significant other is absolutely free. So the two of you, $1,200 value in there for a total of $125. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind. Take charge of your health. Preventative Diagnostic Center, 534-7900. PD Center, LV.com. PD Center, LV.com. Go check out the scanner. Some other questions answered there as well. And we will take a break, come back with Andy Isco, hit him on a couple more college games, hit him on the NFL, and then close out with Arthur DeCesar over there live at the Westgate Superbook, SportsX Radio, 101.5 FMK Dawn. We stream live on that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, live from Vegas. My producer, Mark Hoke, takes us to break. We'll be right back. It's going to be ladies' night a little bit later. I'm going to take care of my wife on this Thanksgiving Eve, KT Live, PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas. Yes, a little uh, cool in the gang coming back. Mark Hoke's been in the hits here on a Wednesday night. Looking forward to a big Thanksgiving. Andy Isco with me. Going to jump back into it, hitting the college football. Going to close out with a little NFL. But, uh, AI, let's jump back into it as far as some Friday action. Where are you with Ohio State and Michigan still sitting at three and a half? So, uh, despite that hook being there, the line really staying steady once it dropped from four to three and a half early in the week. And uh, everybody I know pretty much on Ohio State, I haven't touched this game, but Mark Lawrence leaning to his Buckeyes. But he's an Ohio guy, so I'd rather uh, uh, get AI's opinion on this one. Ohio said I got it at the plus four because he's getting there in time to get the four and a half. But uh, uh, several factors, uh, you know, Ohio State's really dominated the series until the last two years when Michigan finally got some uh, uh, got a strong measure of revenge. Uh, both teams are outstanding defensively this year. The thing I've liked really about Ohio State is the fact that even though they started slow in games for a good part of the year, especially early in the season, they've come on in the second half of games, and that tells me they're in excellent uh, condition. They make excellent adjustments, and they've certainly been able to shut teams down and force them into making more mistakes than, uh, than, than they would normally like to. And Michigan also has an outstanding defense, although I do believe Iowa has been tested a little bit more. Maybe the best game played by, uh, best foe played by either of these teams uh, was Ohio State when they came from behind late to beat Notre Dame uh, earlier in the season. And, you know, that's the best team that either uh, Michigan or uh, Ohio State has faced this year because other than Penn State, and Penn State, I guess, was the other one. They both beat uh, uh, Penn State. Other than that, it was not much of a season for the, the other 12 teams in the uh, conference, even Iowa that will be in the championship uh, game next week. Not a very good season, uh, even though they've had a, a fine record. Uh, I wonder how much of a distraction not having Harbaugh on the uh, sidelines will be for Michigan. Uh, I don't know if there's anything, uh, any truth to the uh, allegations about sign-stealing and everything, but, you know, 
you know, one could certainly see, hmm, yeah, if it turns out to be true, now we know why Michigan handled Ohio State uh, nicely the last couple of years after struggling for so many years. I'm not going to, to say that that would have necessarily made a difference. At some point, Michigan was going to beat Ohio State. I think right now the way that these teams have come down the stretch, again, even last week uh, there was a test for Michigan against a Maryland team that they uh, certainly were far out uh, talented. Um, I like this Ohio State. I expect them to win the game, so part of my play is on the money line. There you go. Good stuff. All right, Kentucky-Louisville, because Louisville escaped Miami, and uh, we know they're going to be ACC championship game, but what about Louisville minus 7.5 at home against Kentucky, their rival on that final game? Yeah, it's always tough uh, laying points in a rivalry game, even at home. But the way these teams have played down the stretch, especially Kentucky, I don't think they ever recovered from that shellacking uh, they took at Georgia uh, just before midseason. I believe both teams were 5-0 and and Kentucky feeling good. And 51-13 to later, Kentucky came back down to earth. And I don't think they've ever regained really the kind of momentum and consistency that they showed before that. In the meantime, Louisville, first-year coach, alum, uh, Jeff Brom, they've done everything that uh, he could have expected. Uh, they had a nice win last week against uh, um Miami, when a lot of people thought the Canes would be able to pull the upset and uh, stem uh, Louisville's momentum. Of course, Louisville does have that game uh, next week against Florida State in the ACC championship game, so you might think that uh, uh, they might be looking ahead, but the fact that they have an opportunity to end up the season with just that one loss at Pittsburgh, which I remember because I was on Pittsburgh in that game, thinking that Louisville just upset Notre Dame the week before at home. They tore down goalposts, and you know they might be basking a little bit too much, but I think Brom in his first year uh, has the opportunity to continue to motivate his team that, yeah, this game may not be meaningful as far as a lot of things are concerned, other than the fact it's our biggest rival for the title of the best team in Texas, and uh, if I play the game, I'll lay the seven. There you go. One more. The Apple Cup, Washington State catching right, the 16 game of, from of Kentucky. Yeah, okay, so Washington getting uh, laying 16 to Washington State in Seattle, 68-year total. I played Wazoo. I think Dickert will have them ready. I don't think they'll beat Washington, but I think it'll be a close game inside of 10 points. Did you touch this one? I haven't. I would be tempted to agree and take the points with Washington State, although they have been vastly inconsistent over the latter part of the season. I think was that they started with a nice road win uh, one of their early games at uh, Col- I think it was the opener at Colorado State, put up uh, 40-something points, and had some good efforts, but also had some really bad efforts and some real ugly losses during the course of the season. At the same time, Washington has not been blowing teams out over the last month as they did uh, throughout September and October, so maybe Maybe wearing down a little bit, maybe a little bit of the pressure. Maybe Oregon took a lot out of them in the game, even though Washington won. Oregon outplayed them. They may be looking ahead to that uh, uh, that rematch. Now, of course, Washington State, especially with the fact that Washington is bolting the conference, would love nothing better than to uh, end Washington's dreams of a perfect season and potential national championship. Uh, so I guess if I were to play the game, I would play Washington State, especially if that line can go to 17. All right, so Mark Lawrence gave out Seattle as his Turkey Day game for the listeners. Packers at Lions, Lions minus 8, Commanders at Cowboys, Cowboys minus 13.5, Niners and Seahawks, Niners minus 7, even money. Who do you like on Thanksgiving? Give a winner out for the uh, listeners there. Uh, The one that I like uh, most of those, it would be the under in the Seattle-San Francisco game uh, tomorrow night. I think it's what, 43.5, 44? 44 at the Westgate Superbook, yes. Okay, so good stuff there. I would, I would think Seattle's best chance 
is to try to maintain ball control, running the football as much as possible, and at the same time, their defense is decent, not as good as San Francisco's, uh, but uh, uh, Geno Smith, uh, you know, hopefully we get the good Geno Smith tomorrow night. Not good, not too good, because I don't want too many points from him, but good enough to be able to at least get some points for the, uh, uh, for the Seahawks. If they can get 14 to 17 points, I think they cover. Right, I, I the think Hoaxers. the game stays under. The Hoaxers' Eagles coming off the uh, Monday night win and wasn't the easiest and got a break when Valdez-Scantlin dropped that ball. But, you know, Philly gets the W. They'll take it. They're not going to apologize to anybody. And now they're going to lay three and a little bit of juice against Buffalo. And the Bills look dominant against the Jets. Uh, Offensively, they were able to move the ball. The Jets were not. Uh, Still want to see more from Josh Allen as far as running the ball a little bit more uh, to get back into where they're able to have a dual-threat quarterback. Your take on this one, do you take the three, do you lay the three, or do you stay away from Eagles-Bills? Uh, earlier in the week, I found the three and a half and took it with the Bills. I'd still, I'd still take plus three uh, with uh, with Buffalo. It's a good spot for the Bills. I mean, they, you know, they had that ugly game a couple of uh, weeks ago against uh, Denver, where they were fortunate to win. They came back and beat the Jets team that had beaten them on the opening night of the season. Josh Allen still not 100. percent They're still not playing at the level, but I think right now this is a huge game uh, for Buffalo. We talked, I think, last week about the stretch of games uh, that uh, they were facing in the next few weeks, this being the first of them. I think they then have Dallas and Kansas City up there. Um, but, uh, not that you can afford a loss or want a loss, but Philadelphia is not really hurt. In fact, they sort of got a bonus by winning a game that they were expected to lose at Kansas City, meaning that it had Philadelphia lost and they play San Francisco next week, December 3rd, that could have enabled San Francisco to tie the Eagles for the best record in the NFC. Uh, but now with Philadelphia winning, uh, it's not uh, they can't tie them again because Philadelphia got the win even if they end up losing the game a couple of weeks, although the loss on, on uh, Sunday would put it in the same situation. So the game being critical for a Buffalo team that's not assured of making the playoffs as a wild card. AI, I came out and I said, and I'm staying with it, that the Raiders are going to beat Kansas City. They're catching nine now. Chiefs coming off that loss, but also a short week. I just feel like the Raiders played well enough in Miami defensively that showed me that, you know what, they're buying into what Antonio Pierce is selling, and and I really think he is the right guy and is going to end up with the job full-time. What's your take? Do you take the nine? Totals 43. I think the Raiders, again, take the nine and uh, sprinkle a little on the money line. Yeah, had the Kansas City not come off, uh, not be coming off a loss, I might agree with a potential money line play. I do think the points are worth taking because even in defeat, they showed a different attitude going down and, and letting Miami, you know, know that this is a different team than the one that uh, they saw on film earlier in the year. I like their defensive effort against Miami uh, as far as uh, the, because we couldn't really tell much uh, going up against the Giants and the Jets at the first two games under uh, Antonio Pierce, but I think they uh, gained a lot of confidence going up against really what had been uh, the best offense in the league uh, in the Dolphins. So I, and Kansas City is nowhere near the offensive team that they were last year. But also, uh, people are starting to recognize that this is a much improved Kansas City defense, and I think that that could create some problems. Not enough to keep the, the, the Raiders from covering the number, but I think the struggles of the Chiefs offense and the apparent improvement, and we really saw it before the coaching change, the uh, Raiders defense was showing signs of improvement, and the combined with the struggles of Kansas City on offense, suggests that Kansas City might not get their usual 30-plus points against the Raiders. 
Great stuff from Andy Isco. At VegasAndy711, at VegasAndy711. Follow him on X that way, of course, uh, formerly known as Twitter. But, Andy, always appreciate you. Have an outstanding Thanksgiving. I will see you hopefully next week at Steiner's, but it'll be uh, it'll always be great to talk to you. And I know the people love you here on Wednesday nights, Thursday nights. doesn't much matter when we get the original AI. And uh, have a piece of pumpkin pie for KT because I'm going to have three for you, buddy. Well, thanks, KT, you and uh, Christy and uh, the family have a, and all of our listeners, etc. Have a wonderful, happy, healthy, safe uh, Thanksgiving uh, filled with uh, family, friends, food, and football. Great stuff from Andy Esco. Take our final break of the night. Come back with Mr. Arthur DeCesar. He's a supervisor in risk management over there at the beautiful Westgate Superbook. Got some college, got some pro. Going to close out the show strong on this Thanksgiving Eve. Mark Hoke takes us to break. 101.5 FM K-Dawn, streaming live on the Odyssey app. We'll be right back live from Vegas. It's been as it's wrapping up here, SportsX Radio on the eve prior to Thanksgiving. My mom, a big uh, fan of the Dells as we come back. Mark Hoke's been in the hits here. And again, happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. SportsX Radio land. Appreciate all of you. Update the Golden Knights after one. They do lead at Dallas. one nothing. Amadio, the only goal. Aiden Hill stopping all six star shots. And I'll pay attention to that game as soon as I get out of here. Archives will be up in about 45 minutes after the broadcast, or you can use the uh, the Odyssey Rewind feature, which is great. That's set up to go right after the show concludes, if you miss, missed any part of the show. I'm uh, going to get with Arthur DeCesar from the Westgate Superbook. KT, Coastal Carolina, Central Michigan, over in the Iowa-Nebraska game. I'm going to play over that 25-and-a-half. I like Oregon to cover. I like TCU plus the points. I'm going to play Central Florida and lay the points. Florida, I like them plus the six and a half and to win the game outright. Rutgers, I'll take a shot at Rutgers at home in a close game. Ball State, they're playing well. I think they win. UNLV money line. I'm not going to risk playing the two and a half. I'll do the money line. Taking Wazoo plus 16. I think Washington wins the game somewhere between 7 and 10. Going to take Bama. Going to lay the 14. Not worried. I don't think Auburn's really that good, and they're going to go with Ashford, the backup quarterback. Uh, He's a runner, and I think Bama will slow him down, make him one-dimensional. K-State I like at home as well. And then NFL, give me a teaser on the Lions. And Houston, Texans plus seven and a half, Lions minus one and a half tomorrow. Give me the Cardinals, give me the Raiders plus the nine, give me the Raiders on the money line, and that's where KT is going. Also, I'll take Cal and I'll take Middle Tennessee State as well. Lots of college football. Go back, listen to the archives, get all those plays. Welcome in my good pal. Follow him on Twitter, formerly known or known as X right now. Uh, it is at Art Dice Twenty One. And when you go to the uh, you know KT's uh, little setup there, you'll see Arthur DeCesar lighting up a cigar in the three piece suit. I love that picture, man. I love tweeting that out, Dice, man. That is just a classic. Where was that? Was that a wedding? Uh, no, KT. It was actually back east, and there was a bar we would go to every Kentucky Derby day. And we would get dressed up in the mint juleps, and we'd bet on the ponies all day. It was a wonderful, wonderful thing. It was actually 
uh, two girls we grew up with, their father owned the bar. So uh, we kind of had the that? run of the bar on a uh, Kentucky Derby Saturday. Yeah, that's, that's uh, definitely your speed there, uh, Dice Man, the run of the bar and the, and the pretty women there over as well. All right, let's get into the uh, Michigan-Ohio State game because this number staying steady at the Westgate Superbook at 3.5 with Michigan the favorite. Everybody I've talked to is going to take the Buckeyes and the, uh, the points, but Michigan must be getting some sharp money. Talk to me. Where is this one going? How has the betting been going? And who do you like in the game, Arthur? The betting early has been on Ohio State. When we reopened the number, remember, the look-ahead line was 2.5. Michigan in the summer, minus 2.5. We reopened it at 4.5. Ohio State money came in. We're now down to 3.5. I like Michigan in the game. I do. I think they're better. I understand Coach, Coach Harbaugh will not be there. But I just think Michigan is on a mission. They really are. And the fact that they're at home, the fact that the numbers come down a little bit, you'd rather it be three because you don't have to lay the hook. But I like Michigan in the game. Interesting. And I do like McCarthy. I mean, I, I think a quarterback advantage there over McCord, no question. I think he's a much better quarterback. Yep. Uh, your take, Oregon, Oregon State, because the boys from Corvallis, their bubble burst in the rain last week at home, losing the tough one to Washington. But Washington was the better team throughout much of that game. Oregon, they're playing at a different level right now, and I like Dan Lanning. I love Jonathan Smith as a coach as well at his alma mater there, Oregon State. But I think Bo Nix is good enough, and I like the run game there. And Irving's healthy. Uh, Franklin's an outstanding receiver. And this Ducks defense, I think, is underrated because we look at the offense. We always look at Oregon's offense, and I think the speed that they go to the ball together and they just tackle in, in bunches, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be close maybe for the first quarter and a half, but I think Oregon opens it up and ends up winning this game big i'm so there with you kt i understand it's a rivalry game oregon state probably will have an emotional letdown letting that washington game slip out of their hands obviously a two-point loss they could have easily won the game you always get up for rivalry games oregon's just better the fact that it's 13 and a half you got to win by two touchdowns i think oregon's the play total 62 and a half I think we'll see some over money because people feel like there will be a lot of points in the game. Nothing really yet on that. And a look-ahead line on that was Oregon minus seven. So Oregon's been power rated through the roof this year. All right, so Bama in the Iron Bowl at Auburn. And so people look and say, well, Auburn just got tattooed at home in the land of enchantment money line parlay and i had andy isco check this out so a money line parlay that we saw if you had new mexico state to win at auburn and new mexico to win at fresno state a hundred dollars would pay you almost at all the books in excess of 15 to sixteen thousand, and uh, pretty amazing there on that two-team money line parlay but look new mexico state what jerry kill has done over there is almost as impressive as what barry odom's done here in our backyard with unlv this new mexico state team has won eight games it's unreal that they're sitting at eight and three and uh they have a chance if they beat jacksonville state to be uh right there conference usa in that title game against liberty talk to me a little bit about bama because this line i'm seeing 13 and a half at some places i'm seeing 14 staying steady here in vegas and i've seen it get to 14 and a half 15 then come back down 48 and a half Look, I know it's a rivalry game, and I know that Hugh Freeze will sell Auburn on, uh, you know what, you can do it, you can, you know. But I think Saban's got Milrow right where he wants him, and I think that Alabama's playing their best ball. And I have a feeling, again, like this one starts out close because it's at Auburn, and I think Bama, like Oregon, pulls away. I'm not going to go against them. I would only play the Tide. Where are you on this one, Dice? 
I'm with you. This is another one like the Oregon game where it feels like the big favorite is the right side. Now, when we were at 15, the Auburn money came in, and there was some sharp money of 15, and then 14 and a half, public took some money, and we're at 14 now. But it just feels like once they figured out that Milrow was the guy and they didn't play with him anymore as far as the quarterback controversy, they've been quietly under the radar rolling, and he's been playing really well. They're just so much better than Auburn. They will roll in the game. And the total did tick down half a point, so there's a little bit of under money that's coming. All right, and then Wazoo. I like Jake Dickard. Uh, coach met him, uh, like Kalen DeBoer, a lot and know him since his Fresno State days, of course, because uh, Brian Panish, uh, senior partner there at PSBR Law, played at Fresno State, and Kalen DeBoer is his guy. In fact, he was there on the sidelines when Washington won at Southern Cal, which uh, much to my chagrin. But I think Wazoo can stay in this game, but they've got to get the run game going just a little bit to help out Cam Ward, and that's been a problem. So Nakia Watson and uh, Jenkins have to do something on the ground to take some pressure off Ward, or Washington may be able to get to him. Now, we know Penix Jr., he's still fighting for that Heisman, but he's not really worried about that personal award. He just wants Washington to remain unbeaten, get to that Pac-12 championship game in Vegas, and take on Oregon or, uh, you know, or well, it's going to be Oregon no matter what, but take on Oregon, and hopefully Oregon only has that one loss to Washington. If they can sweep them, they know they're going to be in the playoff. And even a close loss, you never know what happens uh, to see what happens if they still have an outside shot, but they need a lot of help there. What's your take on this one? I think Wazoo hangs inside the 16. I think Washington wins it somewhere in the neighborhood of 7-10. to 10. Uh, But I'm just thinking that the Apple Cup's going to be a little bit closer than that Oregon-Oregon State game. But it wouldn't surprise me if Washington blew them out. Yeah, you know, Casey, Washington's played games tight recently. They just have. I mean, earlier in the season, they were kind of boat racing everyone. But that was obviously against some lesser opponents. I think with the 16 over the two touchdowns, you're going to have a chance at a backdoor cover with Washington State. I would not want to lay the points with Washington. I'm not saying I would go run to the window and take Washington State, but it just feels like Washington, they escaped last week. Maybe there's kind of a little hangover in, you know, early in the game, and maybe there is a chance for a backdoor. Really high total, too, 68. All right, so UNLV, high noon Saturday, Allegiant Stadium. I'm telling everybody, get your butts out there, because you said if they put a winning product out, you'd get there, and you're not talking 6-6. Six and six. How, how about a 9-2 and two run for Barry Odom? And the game they lost to Fresno State, they were leading at the half, but they did come back from a halftime deficit against uh, Air Force last week on the road and shut out the Falcons in Colorado Springs, 17 nothing second half, to get that win. So the Liberty product, uh, Maeve has been incredible. Uh, the defense has been studly, and there's plenty to like in the backfield with Jet Thomas, the freshman, Victor Davis, Donovan Lester, Courtney Reese, and then Ricky White. Nobody can cover him in the Mountain West. Now, San Jose State, they've won five in a row, and Cordero's the best quarterback in the conference, there's no doubt. But Maeve is pushing him. I think this is going to be a great game. I think the Rebs win the game. I know it's two and a half at the Superbook. I just did money line. Where are you? Can the Rebs win this one, or do you expect Cordero and San Jose State to set up a rematch for the Mountain West Championship, which would be in San Jose if the Spartans can come up with a W? Nah, it's UNLV's time. You mentioned New Mexico State, another team like James Madison, UNLV. One of the best underrated stories of the whole college football year. What a year they have had. We did take sharp money on San Jose State at the plus three, but that's just them taking a number. Sharps occasionally will just take a number when they feel, even though there's quote-unquote no key numbers in college, they're going to take that type of number. I like your strategy. Just lay the money line with UNLV. I think they win the game outright. 
and over money also came in, 58.5, now 59.5. All right, Dice Man, let's uh, jump over to the NFL. What about Buffalo, the Bills, and Philly? Because Philly comes off the Monday night win at KC, and Buffalo now uh, catching, is it 3.5 or is it 3? What do we got over there at the Superbook? We are Eagles minus three, but you got to lay the minus 120. Okay, so 120 to win 100, but you're laying three, 48 and a half the total. How do you see this game? Because a lot of people think Buffalo will catch Philly off the short week and Philly exhaling after beating Kansas City on the road and uh, knowing that they have a little bit of uh, wiggle room there with Dallas as far as the NFC East and even with San Francisco as far as the best overall record in the NFC. I think this is definitely the time. You mentioned the short week. They revenged the Super Bowl loss. And listen, the Bills are coming off, obviously, drubbing the Jets, but the Bills are still a good team, man. They still got a ton of talent. Obviously, we have protected the three and a half. We're not going to go there because we know the Bill money will come in. I think the Bills have a real shot to win the game outright. I would take the three. Total has gone up half a point, so there's been public money on the over. All right, everybody knows KT not only took the Raiders plus the nine, but also the money line. I think the Raiders are going to win this game. I was very impressed, even in the loss at Miami, holding the Dolphins to 20 points. I think the offense, who got a 31-yard reception from Hunter Renfro, puts up some numbers against KC. Chiefs off the short week, going to take them a little while to refocus. And I think Max Crosby gets to uh, Mahomes a few times, and the Raiders are going to get a turnover or two. I like the Raiders to win the game outright. Where are you on this one? KT, I can't get there, but Pierce has been great. Obviously, we all said, wow, you know, they played the Giants and Jets. It will be a difference when they play Miami. They were obviously tight in the game. They've been 3-0 and against the spread. They won two of the games outright. There's been money and support on the Raiders. I actually think the play in the game is, is the under. Under 43. The Chiefs offense isn't what it was. They don't go over anymore. They don't score points. And their defense is pretty good. I would take under. Okay, so less than two minutes, and i got three games to get to with you. How about Atlanta and New Orleans, both off a bye, and it's a pick game. Actually, now the Saints are minus one, 42 in Atlanta. Saints at 5-5. Five and five. Falcons need this one if they're going to do anything, and Ritter's back at the helm. Uh, Michael Thomas out now for the year for New Orleans. What's your take on this one? Yeah, big game in that wacky you know, NFC South. Saints are now the favorites, like favorite minus one. I would lean Saints. Money's coming on the over. Went from 40 to 42. Atlanta's been a mess switching back and forth with their quarterback. So I like the Saints. I like their defense, too. D'Amico Ryans and the guys catching one and a half against the Jags. They've controlled this series. Sunshine and the guys coming in. But Houston looking for the sweep over Jacksonville. Jags minus one and a half, 48 and a half. Real quick on this one. I can see the Jags winning the game, but I like your angle taking the teaser and teasing the and, uh, te- Texans up to seven and a half. Public is on the Texans really quick on the money line, so there's a little bit of that. And then Seattle at home catching seven. Even money if you lay seven with the Niners, 44 the total. What's your take on this one? Does San Fran get the W, or can Seattle bounce back from that heartbreaking loss in L.A.? Very heartbreaking loss. A lot of money came in early on Seattle in the week. We actually dropped six and a half. Half quickly went back to seven. We're going to actually need the Niners in the game right now, and a lot of over money too, 42.5 to 44. I like the Niners, and I do think they cover. Great stuff. Arthur DeCesar at Art Dice 21. You are the best, my man. Have an incredible Thanksgiving yourself. I know it's going to be a long working weekend for you and the staff. My best to Kernigue. Uh Jay's awesome. He and Pam and, uh, and, of course, John Murray and the whole crew over there at the Westgate Superbook. Dice, man, we'll talk to you next week. You're the best, buddy. KT, you're the best, man. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk next week. 
There you go. That'll do it. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. No show tomorrow. Back live on Friday, a Friday football fiasco. Till then, you know the rules. No drinking and driving. No texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you. Live from Vegas Sports X Radio, 101.5 FM, KDON, streaming live on that Odyssey app. Archives coming up. God bless, folks. Good night, everybody.